I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And this is a Couple Games Gaming Podcast. Tonight we're going to talk about our very first game nights, both as a married couple and even before we got married. We're going to go way back and kind of think about how we started board gaming and what our first few game nights really looked like. And then as we go on with this podcast, we will go into more experiences and reasons why we play board games and where and why we've played them. Right. So I'll go ahead and get us started with um, my ba- my gaming background. So, um, you know, I've, I play, I grew up playing the normal games like everyone else. Um, in college, uh, me and my roommates dabbled into, into more, some of the more serious board games. Um, and we also, you know, played party games and that's kind of where Michelle came in. Yeah, I grew up playing the typical Monopolies and Saris and Shoots and Ladders and those kid games that many of us grow up playing. Uh, but once I got into college and met Zach, um, I, he was starting to play some more intense board games. And just, he was reading up a lot more on board games. And so I kind of gravitated towards uh, the same interests and just kind of wanted to kind of see what it was like for myself. Right. And so for those of you that, you know, are listening... Um, me and my roommates were really big into Game of Thrones um, and Spartacus, the TV shows. Um, so we found um, a Game of Thrones board game and a Spartacus board game, and we played it multiple times a week. Um, and then on the weekends, we would, you know, invite, we would have, multi, you know, a party of people, and we would ha- play uh, Code Names or um, what was the one? Cards Against Humanity? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was a popular yeah, that one was... when we were in college. It's... Got overdone really quick, though. Yeah, it definitely did. It uh, overstayed its welcome. Um, But then, you know, once we got married, we moved away. um, And we would still get together with people uh, for parties. And we would play games like... Two Rooms and a Boom. Avalon. Code Names. um, And they were a lot of fun. And Um, we would even go back here and there and play Game of Thrones if it was a smaller group of people. Right. And I would try and tag into some of those but they weren't they weren't always my favorites and Zach could tell that Game of Thrones and Spartacus weren't my favorite I did give them tries it's not she, like I never tried she definitely did she gave them tries she gave them their uh you know but they weren't her cup of tea um and I think the reason we kind of got more into this is because Zach was trying to find more games that I would like because we were we had gotten engaged. We were obviously going to be moving and getting married so he kind of started like doing more research and finding more games and that's really when we started playing. Right. We played um we played Ticket to Ride and um our friends Matt and Sarah they introduced us to Catan. Yeah. Um and that became you know, that became a big hit even with my roommates too. They you know, that was something we could all play. Um but then as, you know, we got married, we moved away, we got jobs, um, and it was just me and Michelle, so we, we kinda, you know, started focusing on more two player games. Um and that's where we started, you know, we still enjoyed Ticket to Ride. Catan's not really a two-player game, though. Um, and so I started researching, and I found a game called Artifacts, Inc. Um, and that was a fun game that we enjoyed playing, but we didn't play too regularly. Um, then we played a two-player game called Onitama, which is a really good game. Um, it's kind of similar to, a, it's like a mini version of Checkers and Chess. Yeah, it's like a mini version of Checkers and Chess. It um, almost combines it d- But it doesn't take a long time to play like chess. It kind of combines like Tetris in there too. 
Yeah, a little bit. You're moving you're moving your people in like the little Tetris shapes. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And so the and what's neat about Onitama is there's two win conditions. You can win by either taking the other person's what they call a master, it's like their king, or you can get your king to the other player's start space. Um, so if you accomplish one of those goals, you win the game. And that it's pretty neat, and it can be played in 15, 20 minutes, too. And that was one thing, too, when we first kind of started getting into gaming, or when Zach was really doing more of it, he always had these games that were like two, three hours, and <laughs> that just wasn't uh, my cup of tea. I just didn't want to play a game for that long or sit still for that long. So that's why we kind of looked at some of these shorter games, and sometimes you just don't have time for a long game. You can't plan out or block out a three-hour time frame. Um, so it's nice to have these smaller games, too. And we're going to talk, too, about all the games that we do have, because I think the inventory now is up to well over 100. Oh, not well over, just barely. Just. <laughs> but there's more Kickstarters on the way, and there's more games on the way right now to our house as we speak. So, always grow in the collection. Um, but again, going back to kind of like some of our very first game in game nights that we had with people, um, we did a lot of those when we first got married. Right. We had, yeah, we had people over quite a bit. Um, what was other than code names that we played? There's been a. We're going to talk about our intro into the board game hobby, which was party games. We started a lot with Two Rooms in a Boom. This was a game I really, really liked when we first got married. We had, a lot, we would have people over pretty frequently, especially right after we got our house. Um, we liked hosting game nights, and this was a really good game when you had like more than six people. Um, like we would always play Two Rooms in a Boom when we had our Halloween party. Like we would have a Halloween party every year. Every year, well, I mean, it lasted like three or four years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so this was a game that a lot of people enjoyed, even if they had never really played anything beyond the typical Monopoly. I mean, I feel like the, this was a very good intro game, and it didn't take too long to explain. Each round um, takes less than 10 minutes, um, so you have a winner every 10 minutes. I mean, you can keep... If that, it might even take less than that. Yeah, you do physically have to have two rooms, so yes. you have to split two, up the people. Two rooms is in the name and is required. Um, and two rooms, it's a social deduction game, so everybody's given an identity, um, and then you're split into two rooms, hinting the name. In the rooms, you're trying to decipher who's who, sending uh, each round, you'll send someone to the other room, and yeah, to basically try and figure out, you know, are they sending us a good guy or a bad guy the whole time? You know, each room is trying to figure out. Or whose team that person is on. Right. And there's good guys and bad guys. Right. And, so. and it's it's good because a lot of games that are party games, you sit down at a, at a table as a big group. This breaks the group into two groups. Mm-hmm. So most people are more comfortable talking in a smaller group. Yeah, especially if you do have a group of you know, 10 or 12, then this is really fun. I mean, this, I mean, it gets really fun when you have that many people. Um, there's just a lot going on in a good way. And again, like Zach said, you, you're constantly split up into the two different rooms right. and you're, you're trading people basically back and forth, sending people back and forth, right? Uh, trying to figure out who's who. 
And I don't know if I talked about the object of the game. So there's two teams, unless there's an odd number, then there's three teams. The red team is trying to blow up the president. The blue team is trying to keep the president safe. One member of the blue team is the president, and they don't want to share who they are unless they're amongst other blue people. Mm -hmm. And they don't know that without sharing their identity. So... It leads to, you know, interesting interesting dilemmas. And then by the end, hopefully each room thinks they know who's who. And they're just hoping that the other room sends this person. Or, you know, do we want to hold on to the bomb? Or do we want to... And one person's the bomb. Um, do we want to send the bomb over? Or do we do we think we have the president here? And it's, it's, it's a lot of good fun. It's very fast. Um, yeah, like you'll... I mean, usually the first round, no, nobody really knows what they're doing if you haven't played with that specific group before. Uh, so it's, everyone's just kind of figuring out what's even going on. Um, but that only takes about five to seven minutes. And then everyone's ready to actually play again because they know what they're doing. And you can get several rounds in within an hour. Yeah, and our first iteration of this game, we, we printed it off the internet and got it laminated and cut oh, it yeah. you know it like we didn't even have a legit copy it was just oh yeah we printed it off offline and we just got it laminated. put it on index cards yeah yeah we yeah did do that. and then we got the printed copy right my sister gave me the printed copy for christmas one year I say. yeah but, so that's a really good one for for I, big groups that want a quick play time um there there can be an issue where if someone's shy, they might be a little apprehensive. apprehensive because whoever's in a room, depending on the type of person, they can kind of take charge of the room, you know, and then the shy person's just going to shrink and shrink into the background, which could be good, could be get bad, but, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really it with two rooms in a boom. Uh, the other party social deduction game we played a lot during our first year married was Avalon. Avalon or the Resistance. We played the Resistance with my with my family at the beach. Mm-hmm. Then I we enjoyed it so much that I did some research and I I found there was a a more up to date I'm air quoting that version called Avalon where it, they added. Uh, a little bit and most people thought it was a better version of resistance but yeah so we got that one and then we actually took avalon to see my family for thanksgiving that same year yeah and we played with my cousins and family there and so that was uh that was fun and they weren't used to playing a lot of board games either i don't think that i know of so we really just started all these games with other people. We we really weren't playing games just us very consistently no. at that point. Uh, we were always trying to schedule something or get a game night on the calendar. Um, but that got harder and harder just as like everyone kind of got older. And then uh, we had our son in 2018. So that added another layer of just time and trying to figure out like, okay, well... <laughs> right. And even even before that when we when we got our house, we moved out to the the suburbs and most of our friends were still living closer to the city in apartments and it, you know, it was a drive for them to come out to see us and then 
you know, add in the elements of a party, you know, that's, that can be bad. But, um, so then we moved more to two-player gaming. Um, yeah, so like we kind of mentioned this earlier on in the episode, but we talked about, you know, the Ticket to Rides and the Artifacts and Onitama. And Ticket to Ride, we really did play, I felt like, the most early on. Right, that was one... I actually received that from my uncle when I was in high school as a Christmas present. Uh, and he said it won board game of the year. And back then I didn't, you know, think anything of it. Me and my roommates, you know, we played it every, or me and my friends, we played it every now and again. And then I introduced Michelle to it and she really enjoyed it. And if it was between Game of Thrones, Spartacus and Ticket to Ride. We were going to play Ticket to Ride. We were going to play Ticket to Ride. <laughs> and, when, and we started out with only, you know, seven to 12 games probably total so the selection was pretty limited uh, before Zach really started doing more research into other more research I wanted to find games that my wife would actually play with me you know so yeah (laughs) and so again we had the the shorter game options with Onitama but another shorter early game option that we started playing just the two of us was Santorini Oh yes, Santorini. Santorini is a really good one. It's it's in the same vein as Onitama, where you are moving around a grid kind of like chess or checkers, but the object of the game is to get to the third story of a building. So you have two builders that can move, they can move and build, and you're trying to get your builder and they can only go up one level at a time so you're trying to get your builder to a third floor um but the other player can or you can cap buildings with a dome so no one can claim that third floor yeah that's basically it and it's funny because i we start when we first started that game i feel like i won all the time oh you won you had like a five game win streak and then then it just fell apart and i lose all the time but Zach's also added every expansion to this game. That oh, there's only one expansion. Oh, okay. There's only one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Expansions are good, but they always change the game up a lot sometimes. And I feel like I get worse with expansions and you get better <laughs> with the expansions. Well, and a lot of expansions, they typically, they kind of, they're a proponent of themselves. They, um... They want whatever they're adding to the table, they want people to go for it, and so they usually make it a more valuable thing to go for. So. Yeah, you're, like you, if you buy into it, right. you, you're going to, you might Right, if win. you play with one thing and you're like, oh, I didn't really, do, didn't really use that, then, you know, is it a good expansion? I don't know. Yeah, that's but, true. So. Some of our other early, early on two-player games were um uh my gosh i'm blanking dream home dream home home. yes (laughs) dream home one of my still favorite games we don't play it near as much as we used to but it you got that really just for us i i was actually buying i think i was buying santorini and possibly another game and i saw dream home and i I thought to myself, man, Michelle would love this game. Like, just looking at it, and I was like, you're building your house. I was like, and Michelle always, she's always rearranging rooms or, trying, you know, trying to make the rooms look nice, you know, with different decor and stuff. And I was like, this is the game for Michelle. And 
bought it, played it, loved it. It was like every element. It's more than Onitama and Santorini. Like you have a lot more going on than that, but it's not too much as I would used to say. No, no, it's it's a very light game. Um and it can be played with more than two players. It can go up to four, I think. You have the expansion that goes to six. And the expansion goes to six. Um, I don't, we might have only played with six people one time, though. Usually it's just the two of us that play max four. four. Uh, some game nights we would have Dream Home set up at one table, and then we might have... Another game like Spartacus or something, you know. Yeah, we would have like a more intense game set up at a different table, and we would kind of like split the group based on interests and who really wanted to play right and each one right in dream home you are drafting rooms to go into your dream home yeah the trick is you have to build by the floor so you can't start building on the second floor until you've built a room underneath on the first floor and then there's also a basement or garage level for part of your first floor so the trick is you have to get the cards you want, but also you have to connect your rooms. And so that's the trick is taking the card at the right time. And then also remembering little things like the decor can get you extra points. Having a roof that matches gets you extra points. Um, there's options to have mixed matched roofs, roofs or having the exact same tiled of roof you know roof right and when you're when you're picking the room to go in your house it's paired with a roof a roof card or a decor card Mm -hmm. and say you want the room but maybe that roof doesn't match your the roof you currently got going on well you know what are you going to pick and well, so and you, you can't even look either because as soon as you draft a roof card, you got to put it face down. You put it face down, you can't look at it. Right. Yeah, so you got to remember. And there are also helpers that let you, you know, swap stuff around or look at your roof cards once or things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, Dream Home became a quick favorite that we played weekly when we first got it, probably. Yeah, oh, yes. We I at least say. weekly. Yeah, and that was one I always I always seem to do better with that one than you. You did, yes. Zach I also tracks all of our board games. Yes. So and I think earlier in the episode we talked about when we got into serious board gamings. I don't know if we listed a year, but in twenty sixteen, um one of my buddies, he was you know, that I played board games with, Matt, he was talking about um podcasts. And then on the podcast they talked about logging their plays and I was like that's interesting you know and you know that way you could keep statistics and things like that so I started logging our plays and so So that's why we consider 2016 the game changing game changing year that's when um that's when you can give it a date so to speak yeah so to wrap up we wanted to talk about um what this podcast is going to be about We want to talk about games that we play, when we play them, who we play them with, where we play them, and why. Yeah. Are we on our way to a trip somewhere? Are we throwing it into a hospital? Are we throwing a game into a hospital bag? To go to the delivery room. 
Are we headed over to a friend's house to play something? And do we need something light or do we need something a little heavier? Are we playing with family? Are we playing with friends? Is it just the two of us? Or is it just the two of us? Which is the most common. Um, But those are just some of the things that we're going to get into with this podcast. And we hope that you guys all enjoy. Take care.